Cinema Obscura. From KYW in Philadelphia, it's a look at movies that may not exactly be considered mainstream, perhaps at a limited run upon release, but worth a look. This week, it's a look at two mega-budget films from 1995. Some say the biggest box office flops of all time, the Lady Pirate swashbuckling adventure Cutthroat Island, and the Kevin Costner soggy showpiece Waterworld. I'm Steve Nikhazy, and I'm joined by independent Philadelphia filmmaker Andre Bennett. Hey, Steve. Could it be possible that these movies actually improve with age? Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. I mean, consider both feature some pretty good villains. Uh, Cutthroat Island, yes. Waterworld, well, yeah. let's talk about that. All right. And we <laughs> begin with a movie that took the bold move in the 90s to cast a woman in the lead of a pirate, years ahead of Pirates of the Caribbean, in a story about a lost island, treasure, and an uncle who has his own plans in Cutthroat Island. And uh, Andre, the director and the lead, had called this movie their honeymoon. Yeah, this was directed by Rennie Harlan, who is best known for Die Hard 2 and Cliffhanger. At the time, he and uh, Gina Davis had just uh, got married recently. And they wanted to work together, I guess, and this movie came about. It got a really, really bad reputation as being not only one of the most expensive movies of that time, but also just this huge flop. And that may not be entirely deserved. It's not a great movie, but I don't think it's really a horrible picture. It's it's serviceable, I would say. Although there are definitely things to recommend about it, like you said. Great villain. Frank Langella is amazing, but he is almost always a great villain. I mean, he's almost always great, period, yeah. but especially yeah. uh, as the bad guy. So he's he's very compelling here. And Gina Davis, who it confounds me to this day how Gina Davis' action hero never caught on. Confounds me. Hmm. But she wanted to quit halfway through the film, as did the director. So it's kind of a weird thing. And there is a lot to look at in this movie, breathtakingly over budget. It is very over budget. A lot of that, there's a lot that went towards like rewrites. And at one point, the studio, Carol Co., who had also released a Terminator 2 and the Rambo movies, they put their foot down and said, we're not going to pay for any more rewrites. So Harlan had to end up uh, putting, you know, putting about a million dollars of his own money into hiring writers to, uh, you know, keep polishing this movie. Gina Davis, I can imagine why she would want to quit that carriage stunt. There's this yeah. big chase scene early in the movie that leads to a this carriage chase. And she, without giving too much away, she ends up going through like a number of windows and such. And it's a very physical, amazing, crazy stunt. And I, I, I'm like... Wait, is she actually doing this? Yeah, she did most of that stunt herself. Which which is awesome. Like I said, Gina Davis action hero is something that should have caught on because she is great. She's riding in a carriage, then jumps on a roof to avoid an attack, disappears, reappears as she breaks through a window and then lands, jumps and lands in a carriage seat. Yes. And the first time she missed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's oh. it's easy to get to end up under hoof with that. Which, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness! Now, I understand Meryl Streep was actually considered at one point to play the lead role of Morgan, and you wonder if this movie would have been successful with Meryl Streep. I don't know. Maybe it depends because I don't necessarily know that 
we've never seen Meryl Streep do an action role. And I don't really know that she would have been able to commit the same kind of – then again, Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep mm. and she is she can commit to any role. So maybe she could have done the physicality. Yeah. But Gina Davis, she's an underrated physical presence in movies and she's also very athletic. She's an Olympic-level archer. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, another big name, Michael Douglas. He could have been in this movie. He probably would have been better than Matthew Modine. And I love Matthew Modine. Uh, he was so good in Married to the Mob, but here he kind of comes across as a poor man's carry always. I, I don't mean I don't mean to, to 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 slag him here. Like I said, he's a very fine actor, but this role wasn't quite him, and the chemistry wasn't quite there. Hmm. We have a clip from Cutthroat Island. Yes, this is actually early on, right before that big chase scene where uh, Morgan Adams, the the pirate played by Gina Davis has come to this city in order to buy a slave, basically, uh, played by Matthew Modine, because she knows that he can speak and read Latin, and uh, she needs him in order to read this treasure map. Lock 22, a colonist, a doctor. Being of value, I start the bidding at five pounds. I bid five pounds. Five pounds, sir. Go on, any advance on five pounds? Advancing of good physique. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Ten advance on ten pounds. Fifteen. Fifteen pounds, sir. Twenty pounds. Twenty pounds. Twenty pounds is the Sir, bill. a word to the wise. Come on, he's Let the young lady win. You won't get one like this. Being a doctor, he's well worth it. Go away. Oh. That one is mine. Twenty-five pounds. Twenty-five pounds, sir. Good chief. 30 pounds. 30 pounds. Come Madame, on, I will have this man at any price. If you are buying him purely for pleasure, I will offer to do the same for you at no cost. The money spent on this, this movie, very evident on the screen, but also the sound was incredible, too. Yeah, the, uh, the score got a lot of positive notices. I think it was by John Debney. This movie looks super expensive. There's so much uh, to the production design. There's so much to the choreography, the stunts. There's a lot of action. I think it may be some of it may be a little extraneous, and especially considering the plot isn't all that complex. This movie is a little long for it. Like it's just north of two hours. It could have been an hour forty and uh, still fine. And Cutthroat Island widely available. Yes, it actually is available on all the uh, digital download services. You can also find it on demand via DirecTV or Cinemax and on DVD. They re-released it uh, on DVD with uh, a with a cover that uh, <laughs> uses the Pirates of the Caribbean design, uh, okay. trying to piggyback on that. Cinema Obscura. Next up, the polar ice caps have melted and just about everyone is bobbing along in a boat or ship when a hardened mariner played by Kevin Costner helps a woman and child find dry land while being pursued by smokers, an oil-refining evil group led by the Deacon. This is 1995's Waterworld. Yeah, it's funny that we get two big nautical movies and it's actually not unknown for that to happen where... One studio is developing something and another studio is like, oh, this is going to be a hit. Let's develop something like it. So in 1995, we get Cutthroat Island and Waterworld. And this came five years after Dances with Wolves. Yeah, Kevin Costner at that point was still the king of Hollywood. He could do no wrong. He, 
(laughs) (laughs) So we thought. (laughs) Until now. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing with me and Kevin Costner. I didn't think that he really was a great actor until much later in his career when he came back. He was serviceable. But like last time I watched The Untouchables, which is such a great movie except for him because it's kind of like he's this vacuum of charisma. Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone else is so much more interesting, but he's just kind of like there and he's so flat, but he's a guy, I guess, who was able to do what he, you know, what he could with what he had. And here I will give him credit. This is a very physical role and he does and he does physicality very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, he also does financing too. he invested twenty two million dollars of his own money. Oh, because he had to. In this movie, he <laughs> did. The movie was, you know, and, and it sparked a lot of resentment because uh, here's a guy, you know, a superstar, mm-hmm. no question about it, invests tens of millions of dollars, so he gets his own villa, his own private villa uh, at, at at the shoot scene, swimming pool, butler, mm-hmm. private chef, and so the other people in the cast kind of like, uh, what about yeah. us? <laughs> That's, I mean, on one hand, it's like, yeah, okay, he, he put his own money into that. On the other hand, on a film like this, where it's a very arduous shoot, you really have to mind crew and cast morale. And that's apparently not something that Kevin Costner was willing to do at the time. Mm. Uh, this movie, just like Cutthroat Island, had a lot of behind-the-scenes problems. There were just there was a lot of stuff going uh, going on with this movie. It went way over budget. I think it clocked in finally at $172 million. When your movie starts... With Kevin Costner drinking his own pee, that feels like it sets the tone really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but and, and some people say, here's Mad Max 2, only on the water. And they actually got the cinematographer from, from Mad Max 2, the road warrior, yeah. Dean Simler. Uh, the cinematography is very good. I, that's something I had noted. Some of the stunt sequences are very exhilarating. Some of them, not quite. But my big problem with this movie is just the concept. It's like on one hand, it's a great idea, but the way the world is designed and developed, it just looks so drab. There's nothing about it that that uh, that I find super appealing. That's really more of a of a subjective thing. It felt like a slog to sit through, and it's like two hours, sixteen minutes. It's even longer than Cutthroat Island. And and we have a clip from Waterworld. We do this. I I believe this is when uh, Kevin Costner. Has uh, it's him doing something with uh, Gene Triplehorn? I, I I can't. <laughs> Let's just play the clip. Here it comes. You've been there, haven't you? Dryland. You know where it is. Yeah, I know where it is. And uh, and we're going. You and I are. Kid, we got to pitch over the side. What? My boat's tore up. I'm taking on water. I'd be lucky to get half a hydro ration out of that. Yeah, uh, I said I won't drink. For 12 days? No. It's better one of you dies now than both of you die slow. Wait, wait. You saved your life. We got you out. No, you got me out so you could get out. Or even. She can cook. She can fish. So can I. Take my necklace. Take my necklace. I got better ones below. No, look! What you went through back there on the atoll, I can understand why you would want to. But she's a child. 
from Waterworld. Rumor has it Kevin Costner nearly died when he got caught in a squall while, while tied to the mast of his trimaran. And speaking of the trimaran, the racing yacht, actually 60 feet long, two versions were built, and one was capable of doing 30 knots, which I think was pretty cool. That is very cool, actually. Uh, another thing with Kevin Costner is that Somewhere in this movie, the movie is directed by Kevin Reynolds or he's the credited director. He also directed Kevin Costner in Fandango and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. They had been friends for, for years since Fandango but on this movie, Costner's backseat directing because he I guess had the Oscar still – it had gone to his head from Dances with Wolves. Reynolds got fed up and just left the production <laughs> That's it. and Costner just finished the movie himself yeah. and it shows. I will say this. I keep dumping on him as an actor. But he is such a convincing jerk as the Mariner, and I wonder if that how much of that is acting. Yeah, I think the audience will, too. Waterworld, you'll probably catch it on TV over the summer, but it's widely available. Waterworld is uh, available on digital download on demand via DirecTV or HBO and available on DVD and Blu-ray. Parting thoughts this week? I would like to get back on dry land after <laughs> okay. these. And so we will, and who knows where we'll wind up next time. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Cinema Obscura. And I'm Steve Nicasey along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscura is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the new radio.com app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. If I let you out of here, you're taking us with you. Sure.